on the rave. Hello, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. My name is Gav. I'm Addy. And you are tuned in once again to the On The Rave podcast. Addy, how's it going? I feel a whole lot more lively than I was a few weeks ago. Gav. Yeah, you were you were on death's door, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, it's it, it's been a it's been a nice week. Do you know what? The sun's been out all week, and it makes it dead dead easy to go and have fun. We didn't get used to it because it's gonna piss it down all weekend. Well, but that's no. probably what's gonna happen. Like it's exactly so, what's gonna happen, Gav. British weather and that. Yeah. British weather and that. Um, before we do anything else, we'll just say a big thank you to the people who've been reaching out to us on Twitter. We'll get into that in a little bit and go on a little bit more give them a shout because that's what we promised we did we promised to give you a shout out and we will do it but first we're going to start the podcast the way we always start the podcast which is with a little bit of Ravas choice so Adi's been scouring social media what you found this time out mister I'm going out for the standout track that was sent there was a lot of good music here a lot of good good tunes picked again but since this was a Gabba special yeah and my favourite group in Gabba is Nassim Bluton. Yeah. They automatically win. So it's uh, Nassim Bluton, Dermal Platon, or, as it was known back in the name, the Clapton track. The Clapton yeah. track. Right, sound. And who picked that? That was James Scotty Scott. Right, thank you very much, Scotty, for picking the tune. We'll blast out River's Choice, Nassim Bluton.
way, that was the infamous clappy track. Clappy uh, track. The clappy track, as Addy put it, that was Raver's choice. A bit of naz and bluten for everyone who was on your list. As like, just back in the day when pe- people used to call me, where I was doing, hey, 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 you got that tune with the, the, the clapping and that. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Sorry. I know what you mean. It's called Shut the Gun on the end, mate. You know what's coming. Um, sound, we'll take this moment to remind everyone that you can find us everywhere. We're all over social media. You can find us on Facebook at On The Rave. Uh-huh. You can find us on Twitter at that On The Rave. Well. You can find us on Instagram. Well, that's my favourite. <laughs> on The Rave with Addy and Gav. We're on Patreon. Search for On The Rave on there if you want to donate some pennies to the boys so we can try and get some better equipment to make these podcasts sound a little bit more cool. And some pingers. Yeah. Uh, of course, Addy's going to use all of the extra cash for pingers. We are powered by Podbean and fueled by Basement Snacks don't forget that you can go into Ridley Place you can go down Basement Snacks someone has actually uh, Graham Graham, Graham sh- shouted out last week apparently went down and screamed at Don's and Don, Don's was loving it so don't forget you can go down into Basement Snacks and you can scream at Don's on the rim and you'll get 10% off all of, all of your coffee and your snacks and your goods and it's totally worth it because it we, we went for pie the other day and the pie was good. Mm. The pie was really good. Curry pie. Was, my curry pie was awesome. Like my curry pie. <laughs> um, right, okay. Well, as I said, there's loads of people been reaching out to her on social media since the last podcast was recorded. Um, want to give a big shout out to Chris Bellis who got in touch. Apparently he was searching for some, uh, podcasts that had DJ Smith in. Fucking he found unlucky. us. Found us instead. <laughs> exactly. Improved his day in the wind. <laughs> 100% improval rate over that little blue bellet. Exactly. <laughs> and he's gone on and downloaded the whole podcast and got in touch and recommended tunes and we just want to say thank you very much for reaching out. Addy, who have you got over there? He doesn't remember who he's got over there. No, it's uh, Jonathan. It is, it's Jonathan Noble. Uh, Jonathan found us when he was searching for something to do with Mark Archer and has reaffirmed our ideals that we are the number one podcast coming out of Biker. We are. And, uh, it's official. It's official. You know what I mean? Now that someone else has said it, it's not us, it's official. I know. That's it. Uh, when I first saw the name, you know, when it said Jonathan Noble, for a second I thought it was Ross Noble, the comedian, <laughs> with the long hair and that, and I was like, whoa. Just imagine if we can get him on the podcast. I know, amazing. Amazing, but thank you very much, Jonathan, for reaching out to it and getting in touch and all of that. Um, we have also had a guy called Dave Common get in touch with us. Dave, thank you for recommending us. Dave I, sent us a I message. I believe he's saying, called there uh, also got a other suit of that, wasn't he? That's apparently goes by Dave the Rave. Oh, um, whoop. Dave left a comment that says, Dave the Rave, number one rave, a northeast legend rave prayer dance to God. Keep raving alive. Love my rave, old school rave, hardcore hardstyle, rave heaven, eat, sleep, rave, repeat. This is the sound of the rave. And if you've read any raves in the whole of Newcastle or Sunderland or the northeast area, you will know who Dave the Rave is and will have seen him praying in the corner, yeah. maybe talking about cheese sandwiches. But thank you very much for getting in touch, Dave. Yes, Dave, it's much appreciated. We said we'd read out any comments that came our way, so we're reading them out. Now that all that's over, Addy. Done. Done. Didn't laugh once. No, he didn't giggle once, did he? Apart from when he didn't know Jonathan's name. Yes. Never mind. Proper blank. I think we'll have to get more prep than this, like, uh... Well, that's... We just need to just... Uh, we're relying on our phones and too busy getting involved in the chatting. But I want to brought a laptop with us. Yeah, maybe we should... Well, but your laptop's dead now, It is, it? it is. But oh. soon we have another one. Yeah. Problems. Honestly, that's not why there's a Patreon. It's not to get Addy a new laptop. Oh, that's a fucking banger <laughs> idea. In yeah. fact, let's just plug a period, bastards. Get me a new laptop. It's essential for this podcast. <laughs> Sound, well, um, being one of those 
podcasts where we get people on and do interviews, Addy, you'll be absolutely stunned to find out that we've got another guest. Another one? Another one of those guests. Fucking come all the way to Baker. I know. I've found his way. bother as well. bother found his way all the way to the house. Um, it's a pleasure to have in the On The Rave studio, Mr. Drop Dead Fred. Fred. How are you doing, Freddy? How's uh, it Not going? too bad. Not too bad at all. Good. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you on. Um, obviously, we've known each other for a long time. We used to live together, mm-hmm. both Tillys, um, uh, and we've been on the rave scene many together many, many times. I believe there's a post over there with both my names aye, on, aye. Uh, just on the wall over there. So, uh, do you want to tell the uninitiated mm. a little bit about yourself? So, uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I think I started my journey as MC Sonic C, DJ MC Sonic C back in the day, playing all the sort of um, Makina and New Monkey music and that, and got into MC and got into all that sort of dubstepy type thing started calling myself Drop Dead Fred and then since then I've sort of got more into playing in bands and that so I've got a band called Backyard Rhythm Orchestra as my main, my main thing these days we do like all and we, we, we do do a few uh, rave covers but like Scar as uh, Scar tunes and that sort of thing you know I've it's appreciated those rave covers and a Scar yeah, vibe like yeah. they're, they're, it's a really nice thing to jig around to in the sunshine I understand you've got loads of gigs coming up with them yeah as well. yeah got a good festival season coming up so catches it um Kelvin Garden Party or Boomtown or Shambhala, uh, they're probably the big, the bigger, the bigger ones we're doing. We're doing Roystonbury. We're doing a bunch of little things as well. Like. Roystonbury. Yeah, it's like a, a snide Glastonbury. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, Glastonbury, you kind of get paid, and like you can get a gig, but you kind of get paid, and it's a mission to like mission about half the band can't be asked with it. So we, we took a gig that pays. Yeah. That weekend instead. No, you know? fair credit. I mean, Glastonbury is one of those things that you've already been and experienced, isn't it? So oh, yeah. it's not like it's one you've got to actually knock off the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah, it's off the list now. I mean, I set the band up basically to get to Glastonbury, got there. So I'm happy. Might, yeah. might sack the band off now. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've achieved the one. You've heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> On the rave exclusives. No, yeah. no, no. We'll, we'll keep the band going. <laughs> <laughs> Sound well. Uh, there's no better way to keep going than to just roll into the first part of the podcast, which is when we talk about Freddie's early influences. Mm-hmm. So who played the music in the house? What sort of thing was going on? Uh, well, my dad was a musician. Um, so like I heard lots of different music. I mean, he was like a jazz musician, really, but probably liked all sorts of different music, what you'd class as like world music. So we'd always be hearing mad like, um, I don't know, like flamenco or sort of Indian music or whatever. But um, this particular choice is from we had the tape in the car you know and like when we're on we would go on holiday and we'd always listen to this tape and it was a tape called cumbia cumbia too so it's a like a compilation of uh cumbia music and cumbia is a style of music from colombia which is like the story goes that um all the sort of accordions and guitars washed up on there was some sort of uh like shipwreck and all these instruments washed up on the on the beach in Colombia and that and it's just the story I have no idea if it's true but that's how how all these people started to play because it's kind of like it's a bit like folk music but with like an afro beat to it right that's how that's how I would class cumbia yeah yeah so it's like latin afro music and this particular tune if you've ever seen backyard my, my backyard room orchestra play you might recognize this tune because we actually do a rip off of it and uh, in our song coca cumbia is a, is a rip off of this. <laughs> Basically, like, like, rip off's one way of putting it. Yeah. Homage is a general yeah, way it. of putting it, yeah. I'd say. Like, <laughs> makes it sound a little bit better. So, was it all the sort of world music that was played in the house? Yeah, like, um, I mean, there was all sorts of different stuff a lot of folk music, a lot of jazz music, a lot of world music, and then a bit of like Stevie Wonder and Bob Marley and all that sort of stuff. Classics, well, you know right, I mean? the classics of the, the time. The big right. names of the time. Bowie, I used to have the tape of um, 
Bowie Santa Monica seventy two. Oh, boom! Classic. I've got the vinyl in the yeah. in, in the in the little cupboard in the little cubby hole just there, um, amongst the few remaining records that I still have from my days of mm. trying to be a DJ, mm-hmm. um, which I was never very good at. Bought twelve tens, couldn't be much for shit. Had them for five years, managed to do a grand total of no sets and sold all my rave records. <laughs> Gave I, up and stuck to the microphone. You'd be hard pressed to beat much Bowie like. <laughs> Oh, to be fair, you don't really need a beat match to Bowie. You can just sit and play the classics one after mm-hmm. another. One after another after another. In the sunshine, enjoying a bit of Bowie. Cool. Um, so, that, like, do you, do you want to uh, introduce the track then? We'll play the we'll play this. We might as well play the first track. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let's get into it. Aye. It's um, by Guillermo Gonzalez, Isu Orchestra, and his orchestra. Yeah. Uh, and the track's called Lupita, which means rabbit. Oh, sweet. Uh, well, here's a little bit of Lupita for everyone. Robert. <laughs> Little Johnny Rabbit. Little Johnny Rabbit. Um, being played out for the early influences. As I say, we're sat down with Dr. Fred in the studio yeah. today. 
and we'll toddle straight into section two, Addy. Finding your feet. So, after all the music that was played in the house, what sort of things did you like discover of your own will? Mm. So, my first sort of journey into discovering tunes was probably, you know, it was like Oasis and all that sort of stuff. It was like, really was what was kind of like pop at the time. Yeah. Um, but I, I particularly got into Blur, like yeah. as um, that was probably the people who I bought all of their back catalogue, you know, like as a kid. And I chose this tune just because it, it sort of sticks with it, I guess. I, I'm always finding myself singing it in my, in my head. It's not the, the famous, particularly catchy tune. But when I was listening back to it, I was like, oh, there's a few things in it which sort of like it starts with a sound that's a bit like a rave siren and it's got like a beat that is maybe a bit like a dubstep beat and it's got a big heavy sort of bass line. So, and I like the lyrics in it as well. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, Damon Alban, who's the lead singer, has went on to do some amazing things in music. I love the stuff he does with the gorillas. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that stuff's just amazing. Even yeah. the one from last summer. Um, Wasn't my favourite, but still oh, great. I love that tune, and Steph proper loved that tune. It was on all the time. Which here, one? Like. The one with um, Popcorn on it. The one, is well, it the one where the video's got Jack Black playing the guitar on the beach, uh, and he's basically um, he's skating. I don't remember what the fucking tune's called yeah. because I'm a pothead and I don't remember things like that. But yeah, it was a particularly good tune. But Devin Alban like put out some amazing oh, music. He is a legend. Like, I do think he's really, really. I can't knock much of what he's done, yeah. to be honest. Like. Was there much more than Blur that you found? Was yeah. it particularly that indie sound? Or? I mean, obviously, I liked loads of stuff as a kid. Um, I remember some of my first CDs that I bought were like My Name Is by um, Eminem. Right. Um, and I bought like, you know, 9pm till I come. And like, I was proper <laughs> into like all that sort of pop trance house of the like late 90s. Yeah. Um, before I discovered proper rave music, you know. <laughs> yeah. The um, watered down pop version yeah, of rave it was music. Just, I liked pop, basically. Well, it's their introduction for everyone, really, yeah. through mm-hmm. pop and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> so I went through pop into hip hop and stuff like that. That's the way that my progression went. So, I, as you say, you've picked one of the more obscure blur tunes i don't know how many people actually have uh have heard this one um when i popped it on it wasn't familiar until i got about three quarters of the way through and then i was like oh i had that now I, now i know what i'm listening to i've heard this before so it's it's from the album modern life is rubbish which i think is my favorite album by it's them. one of the really early ones as mm-hmm. well isn't it yeah. so it's before they had all the popular well, most of the popular ones isn't it because yeah. the popular ones are a bit later that's it it's before they went massive with like all country before house and boys all and that. Girls and stuff like yeah, that, really. I think yeah. it is before that time. Yeah, before yeah. park life and, and boys. Oh, nineteen ninety three, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere like yeah. that. Yeah, it's nice when you've got that sort of thing to hand, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sound well for the finding your own feet moment. We're going to play some blur, um, and the tune is called "Pressure on Julian." Let's go.
that was a bit of blur and probably a bit of unfamiliar blur for everyone. That was Pressure on Julian, which, as Freddie said, is from the album One Life Is. Okay, so I said, it's from Baby Baby 3. Uh, yeah, as Addy nicely and quite kindly pointed out, that is very, very right. Uh, section 3. First rave memories. So, do you remember the first actual rave that you went I do, to? I or, do, yeah. Yeah, where, where was it? What was the crack? The first rave was down at Pallion at what used to be the Blue Monkey, but when I went, it was the New Monkey. And it was um, Boxing Day 2001. Right. Uh, DJ Scudero was playing. So I think it was like the second time they'd got um, a Spanish headliner across here now. And um, I was really buzzing to see DJ Scudero because I had the tape, the first tape he was on, and where he was doing three-deck mixing. Nice. Um, he only played on two decks at, at the set I was at. But um, it was like... I'll still look back on those raves. I only went at the Monkey about five or six times, but I, I've never quite experienced, you know, that that, that euphoric rush. Yeah. And maybe it's because it was the first raves you went to or whatever. It very much could be. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those where you never got always chasing that buzz again. Aye, aye. But uh, it'll just always be in my heart, like the image of sort of MC stomping up there, being like, make some noise and that, and everyone just cheering and being like, just rushing off me nut, basically, you know. Yeah, um, buzzing. That venue is one of those ones that's quite infamous on that side of town, isn't it? Mm. On the well, on the sort of south side of the river, um, right. and there were some amazing, amazing things happened in that sort of venue. But it's not somewhere that I went to. I never really. It took me until getting a fucking thirty-five to have an appreciation for hardcore and Makina and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, in yeah. me, in me old age, I'm not, I'm not as bothered, I, I suppose. Think, but uh, I think I DJ'd there a couple of times on Judgment Day tours and, and the like. What sort of yeah? Go on. Astonish everyone with your memory and age. I can't remember. It was it was later on for the from the Judgment Day things. It was just before probably it, it got killed off. I yeah. would have thought. Right. Early two thousands. No, late two thousands like that. Late two thousands. Yeah, yeah, Judgment Day was that didn't start DJ there. Two thousand four ish. Right. Sort of. So it'll be a few years after that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what sort of music do you remember being played on well, the night then? They just did. It was the. It was the. Let's call it the golden era for Makina. You know, like that was the time when they did, maybe ninety nine they started bringing the the Spanish sound across. Yeah, yeah. And then by two thousand one, that was just like all they played. You know what I mean? So um, my early rave memories are just of Makina through and through. Yeah. Um, the tune I picked, I don't remember them playing it at that rave. But the reason I picked it was because it was from the tape, the first tape that got us into rave music. Uh. We used to. So if you like me, first rave memory is um, we would 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 get we get old blaster, would get we like uh, Mitsubishi turbos for four quid. It's, it's a strong look. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we'd get on the metro to um. Because we weren't old enough to go in anyway, we'd get on the metro, we'd take them in the daytime, get on the metro, go to Monk Seaton and just go for a massive walk. And then there was this particular tape that we had, and it was like um. MC Jet, MC Stomp, and MC Massive, DJ Mooney, and that just this tune, like still to this day, the melody, because obviously Makina's more melody based than like a lot of rave music. It's all about the dinky dinky tune, and that tune will still like if I hear it, the melody will, will bring that up, like give us shivers down my spine and make us remember like. You still got the nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, and again we've ripped this one off with the band as well. So <laughs> I'll, I'll give you this one, Seaton. Ah, some gen- some other gentle uh, gentle homages that you can get to. Aye, aye. Uh, we'll get a few links off of a Freddie and bang them in the comments to ver- them playing these versions of the tracks. So if yeah, you want good. to go and discover it, we can do that for you. There's always loads of stuff in the comments. I don't know, don't know if anybody uh, has a look at the description box. Spend some time putting them together, you know. No, no, I don't uh, think anyone really, really looks at them. 
Yeah, it's all right. It, 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 but I'm safe in the knowledge that I'm sharing what I said I would share. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's nice to pay these people a little bit back. On yeah, the people, yeah. we'll it? stick so, it on the Facebook group as well and uh, around these sort of things. On the old social media. Social media. Where is people can follow us as Nazis. Right, okay, sound well. Um, the tune you've picked is by, is it Futura? Futura, yeah. Futura, is that how you pronounce it? Um, uh, and it's the Conic and Maxter remix? Aye. From yeah. the Iconic Spanish label Bit. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was, I just, yeah, that was all I used to buy, Bit and ADN, when I first started DJing. Like, every, pretty much every classic New Monkey track is on either of those two labels. Yeah. Right? Sweet. Well, uh, let's roll in and play the track itself. The track's name? Enchantment. There we go. Bit of enchantment for you.
Freddie's uh, appreciation of your routine, <laughs> pre and post rave. Um, <coughs> let's draw into section four. Um, it's lovely to hear your first rave memories, but let's have a chat about festival fever. So you've just said before that you've got loads of festivals coming up. So I'm going to be astonished if you tell us you think festivals are shite. <laughs> no, I mean they get harder and harder the older you get. I think like, um, but no, I, I love festivals, and I would. There was a time where I wanted to just live in a field and do all that and be a massive Bambi hippie. I've sort of grown out of it a bit, but I'm happy to dip in for a weekend and that. You know? Yeah, I've got too much of appreciation for my four walls now. Like the it idea gets too much for me after four days. Like the idea four years of outdoor outdoor festival. I'm ready for a proper just eat. Yeah. Aye, I'm ready for a just oh, eat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I mean we've done we've done loads of festivals in the past between my legs. So, um, the. the I couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could do it anymore. I've just got this thing about tents now. I, I, like, I like me four walls and me nice comfortable bed. And, and even though I was the fucker that carried an airbed and always took an airbed to the festival, so every bastard wanted to get back into my tent and lie yeah. on the airbed, I, I still just, I, I'm too much of a creature of comfort. I yeah. want me Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, partial, you're partial to your porcelain as well, aren't you? I am it's absolutely to partial to porcelain. <laughs> That's very, very right. And sometimes, sometimes it's difficult for me at festivals to uh, enjoy a relief like that when I'm not touching porcelain uh, I will wait a distance to touch porcelain I like, remember like one of the first festivals I went to was Glade yeah and um, I distinctly remember like holding the shit in for most of it and then eventually being like nah fuck this I've got to go do it and then I've had a pile ever since you know <laughs> comes and goes like I'm just like I gotta get this out yeah you know, I, I just so beware kids <laughs> you've got, I mean you've, you've got to go when you're there because you can't go well you shouldn't be able to go three days without shitting. You should be putting something in your system on mm -hmm. chemicals like. But. See, I'm a big believer, and if I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, and I'll go anywhere. And I'm just like, I'm not bothered. In fact, as soon as I get to a festival, get out as much as I can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when, when, when those toilets are clean, clean <laughs> best get it out early, Aye. rather than wait a couple of days and like. When you can see a mountain, Aye, you've got to stand the, the, over it. The peak yeah. of the mountain sticking out of yeah, the thing, yeah, yeah. then maybe. That's not the time to be fucking right. adding to it. You're worried that you're going to lay it yeah. down. It's going to be yeah. you'll still be touching. The only the only ones I never worried about were the ones at Glastonbury. You know the big green door uh, ones, yeah, the outdoor yeah. ones. I never really I never really minded them. There was something about them that I'd, that I didn't mind. Although multiple times <coughs> you did just have people push the door open yeah. while you were mid go and apologize uh, and apologize. Sorry, mate. Uh, sorry, mate. I it's cautious to know about that. I did only have my foot against the door and you probably rammed it open. Right. But uh, I am. Um, my mate said a story once he was um just at, at them exact toilets like the ones at the top of the pyramid field sort of thing, yeah yeah uh, and uh, they were just hearing some weird fucking like wailing from somewhere and they were looking around and it was like where what's this coming from like there was a bloke had fallen into the flipping um that's fucking the, grim. The grim that yeah, is like, absolutely that drop box, grim. Aren't they? yeah yeah, yeah. They are. Oh, the, there's, 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 there's quite a drop. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Falling in that, that's horrendous. Aye, that's aye. proper bad. I mean, oh. someone dies every year at Glastonbury, that, but that's like law of averages, you know. But if you're going to get people, wrecked, there's that many people the there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, it's only, and it's only getting bigger. They're just moving the fences slightly back and mm -hmm. adding a couple of hundred each year. And, um, now tickets going half an hour, don't they? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah they're you, you, you sharp pressed to actually get no, a yeah. ticket these the, days. Well, yeah, the it's so. the quickest Wi-Fi gets the tickets these days. Yeah, which is a bit shit. Do you know what it is? Years ago, we actually uh, we all gave our details to we met Ali's brother because he was in London and he had some sort of insane speed, uh -huh. and he basically <laughs> like just got back in touch with her 
and like he got like seven tickets for were like no bother oh, because no. he had the quickest internet. Yeah. Like not because he had, he had the best the... drugs or anything. That's nah, so nah, because he had the quickest internet. Like yeah. he's a good guy, Charlie as well. He's a good guy. Cool. Um, well, after five minutes of fecal matters, let's talk about some actual festival matters. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what sort of thing do you like to actually catch when you go to a festival? Um, well, to be honest, I'm not one of them people who's like stuck to the lineup, going, I've got to see this, got to see that. Yeah. I'd usually just go maybe pick one or two things that I really want to see on the lineup and then the rest of it I just want to soak it up and see what I see that's that's the way I because I find you get stressed trying to find see everything you know yeah. and like at a good festival something like Boomtown or Glastonbury there's going to be five clashes all the time yeah. anyway you know of course so you've just got to be what do I fancy tonight right so like with Boomtown I'll just I'll be like right I'm spending the night at Uptown or I'm spending the night downtown you know downtown's where all the scratchy rave is uptown's where all the sort of ska music and that is and I like them equally, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll spend my time with the bands and, and then I'll be like, no, nah, I'm having a rave tonight and I'll go and spend my time down in the in the rave. But like I say, it's about soaking it all up and having Raj banter with, with randoms. That's what it it's is. About a lot me. of the time, parts of the random banter is what you remember when you go home mm -hmm. and it's not the actual music that you saw. Totally. So, of all these festivals that you've been to and stuff like that, I mean, you listed quite a, quite a handful of ones there, like, so... Mm -hmm. Is there anyone who stands out who was proper who was proper mint at a festival or oh like performance but music wise um, you've probably seen absolutely yeah all sorts. it's hard to remember I remember one time uh, at Boomtown and we we did that thing and I've done it many times since and I've now vowed never to do it again because it's stupid like like I was at Bangface this year and. Um, took a trip on the Friday night and it just sent us west I I, I was on. I couldn't hack the the chaos. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I've realised now that Get like bang face is just a mess of colour, yeah. colour and loudness and chaos. So. Like taking acid at festivals is is not for me anymore. So, but this was one this boomtown where we were walk. It was getting dark and we were walking into downtown and it was just all a bit scary and like oh because we we're coming up on them and um, basically we just had to get out of that bit. And we went up to like up where it's a bit more calm and someone had been like oh this band's on. Um, in fact, I never mentioned them in me in me thing but there's a band called electric jalaba which i really like it's like um this sort of moroccan music mixed with like um electronic techno and that oh, and cool. i thought they were on so we went we run up to see them and then it turned out it wasn't them it was um uh oh, i can't remember what they're called now names oh no yeah. it's, it's gone it's yeah. gone it's so right. they're like um a desert blues sort of malian band um tenari went were on uh, which is all sort of like um similar kind of thing but not electronic just like loads of guys like you can just imagine them in the desert going oh hey dude like chanting that but right. we, it was just perfect for us who were tripping balls and that and we were just like oh this is this is what i need actually yeah. and uh, sit around in a circle and just like listen to some mad chants yeah yeah I, I mean you just get times and periods like that i remember being at glastonbury one year and we were stood watching massive attack and obviously massive attack are iconic don't worry about it massive attack are iconic mm, and mm. um going to see massive attack was yeah. was the big thing that they wanted to do but while massive attack was playing over my right shoulder in the distance was the glade and our new square pusher was playing mm, mm. and oh, good old I was square tits standing yeah. watching massive attack and wanting to take it all in but seeing the flashing lights and knowing I'd much rather be over there. Aye. And I was like, lads, sorry, enjoy Massive Attack. I'm going to go dance to some square tits. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. like just disappeared straight off. And it was like, you just have moments like that at festivals. I went to go and see Oasis by myself because none of the other lads wanted to do yeah. it. But you go out your way to see things so like that. It was the yeah. first time they'd done it, the first time they played in like mm -hmm. in donkey's mm -hmm. years as well. I remember stumbling across um, 
a square pusher set at, at the Glade actually I wasn't planning to see it or anything it was that year that dubstep was first like at the Glade and like there was like loads of dubstep on and I was on my way to see some dubstep but then uh there was square pusher but he wasn't playing Sloppy live yet yeah he was just mixing old techno and it was absolutely rocking so right. I was like just mixes were class and it was all just banging old school techno and then as soon as he got the bass out I was like right we'll go and watch some dubstep <laughs> well the, the very first time uh, there was a Bang Face Festival when I was dressed as the devil I told everyone <laughs> it's like when shit man when Square Pusher comes on if he plays go spastic I'm just going to hop over the barrier and go absolutely spastic yeah. and I did and the security just like laughed at us and let us do it and yeah. let us dance around and I just it's one of my fondest memories of that first Bang Face as well as coming up with the phrase on the rave oh the rave yeah. yeah. like, it's not getting boring no, it's yeah. not getting boring yeah. pockets are kosh yeah. um but if we get back get back on top, he's just gonna giggle away about yeah. that. Now. Like you look like a lobster. I think it's, that, it's the intonation, though, isn't it? You can say anything you want. to go da 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 da. Yeah, we spent we spent maybe six hours doing it in the chalet. Everything that was said for ages. I'm biting the ginger. That was one of the stupid decisions I did as well because that ginger ruined my mouth. Damn, it ruined my mouth. Um. Back to the tune that you've picked. Festival uh, Fever. For your Festival Fever <laughs> tune. Um, I've actually seen this tune played live at a festival. And I can confirm that it was mint. Um, and there was a moment afterwards, I was just telling you about where, as soon as they played this song, the field nearly emptied. Yeah. Um, it was a case of, there was a lot of people who were there to see them play this song. Yeah, yeah. And then just exited off. And I remember like getting... Not into an argy bargy, but getting a bit shoulders up and running towards porter cabins oh. to like try and gnash, and then we were going down to the electronic fields to go yeah, and see someone yeah. down there. The dance village. Yeah, the, da it's the dance village That's now. What they call it it yeah. was called the electronic field back then, oh, and yeah. it was right next to the Joe Strummer field. But oh. I haven't, I haven't been to Glastonbury for donkeys now. Nah, they changed it all around. So, Joe, Joe Strummer's up the top, isn't it, near the Stone Circle? It is now where the uh, little stone is for him. Uh, so uh, the Stone Circle, bloody hell! Oh, up on the yeah. top, on the top, where they used to have the big love. Um, yeah, on that yeah, top field yeah. up there, I had some adventures in that field. Adventures yeah, yeah. in that field, but um, so the band you've chosen is New Order. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, Again, I mean, like I'm not that well versed in the back catalogue or anything, but this tune is just such a slammer. Like I could not get it in there. You know, yeah. um, whether I've seen them play it live at a festival, I, I don't think I have. But um, I just know that I mean I've DJed it at festivals before, and it's anywhere you DJ it, it goes off. You know what I mean? But it, it's kind of a perfect for the sun perfect for the for the night it's just a good good party song that oh yeah can get it like, for both, wouldn't it? was it mark archer that said he played this to the, no one no one was up for it was that uh, mark or i think it was mark uh, he said he played he, an ele electric daisy carnival yeah and he and played he, it and he, he, he put it on and everyone just sort of like wandered off and he was like oh shit i better put some rave on and get them all back in yeah, touch yeah oh like, that's that's uh that's a Bad crowd, that like American crowd. Yeah, it's in it's Vegas. A, you don't know. You don't it's know EDC, how much. EDC, there was big stupid festivals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. We see right. bell ends with shorts, and they just dance around. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> dance around, dance around, play another record, dance around. I'll be honest. There's been a few Americans coming over for the rate because there was a bunch of uh, San Franciscans at the res. There was, right, yeah, those people that come up, like, they had so many bangles on their uh, hands. They, they, they love the bangles they, over they there. They come straight out of some EDM fucking yeah. festival and that. And then uh, I had Bangface as well, there was a bunch of Americans there as well. There's Are you trying to sell, like, sell, sell a t-shirt to some yeah, lad? He's like, do you want to buy, do you want to sell a t-shirt? I was like, yeah, just come and see us later. I never saw you it never again. did. No, I did want to get one, but obviously 
He was the one that gave us the acid. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to be around him after he'd, uh, <laughs> after he'd gone west and had to sit in the chalet listening to some I know, I felt like hours. I owed the rave gods more after that, which is... <laughs> because you've done yourself an injustice on the first night. Aye. It's like Venga Boys syndrome. Yeah. Like on that Thursday where yeah. everyone was so shit faced for Venga Boys and the Friday morning to mid afternoon to even in the evening was just a write off. Yeah, that breakfast like, sorted me out though that morning. You stayed around. Me and Smith had breakfast. Get, you get Toby Carveries. No, no, <laughs> uh, you, we got tokens for breakfast. Yeah, breakfast yeah, tokens for breakfast. Didn't we go? I went to go and spend mine on the last day. And, and it, it was, was already just, shut. Uh, it was just yeah. like already shut and it was a. Uh, it was wounding. Yeah. I've still got that token somewhere. Like it'll be on, it'll be on a while it. somewhere. Be on a while somewhere. Cool. Well, June, you've picked Blue Monday. Um, so let's just roll on and play some new order. It's a nice, nice long little section of festival crack. So here's Freddy's festival fever track. This is New Order. Blue Monday.
Just one of those quintessential festival tracks. If you Seminal classic. If you haven't seen them playing it, you've definitely heard someone either doing a cover of it or playing it. I've definitely, it's definitely been in some of my sets. Like. Yeah, that's it. And that's uh, Blue Monday by New Order, as I say, coming out in 1983, which is one of the best years ever in the world ever. Um, uh, and, and there's my lucky number, and that's on Factory Records. Was that, uh, was that your year of birth? Yeah, I'm 1983. I am an old fart, as they say these Who days. won WrestleMania that year? I've got no idea. Yeah, no idea. 
I wish I, I wish I could have been able to just pull it out and be like Hulk Hogan in the main event against Marty Bradbury, but I'm not sure. I think I'm actually a little bit older than WrestleMania. I'm oh, not really? sure. Maybe. Uh, really? Well, hold there. Wasn't this year WrestleMania 35? Because I'm 35, so maybe I'm the same age as WrestleMania. Maybe it was the been first a, WrestleMania. Well, maybe it was. Maybe it was the very first one. <laughs> Sound. Well, uh, let's move on to question five, which is when we'll start talking about shared discoveries. Yeah. Um, this is one of my favourite parts of the podcast, because what we basically ask from you is, is, are there anyone out there who you have on your regular listening list that you think other people should be paying a bit more attention to? Um, uh, and being in a band and being quite well versed in the world of music I'd imagine there was lots of different mm. things you'd like to have shared mm. uh, there was a lot of different I was like sort of I wanted so obviously there's different genres I wanted to get in there and I was thinking could I do that blah, 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 blah. but eventually I had to decide on this because um, this is kind of more like what I DJ now is like Afrobeat and stuff like that yeah. and um, I've bought loads of records over the years of, of this kind of music in fact I don't know if you ever do this where you've got a bit of spare cash so you just buy a chunk of tunes because yeah. it's like it's almost like an investment there it's gonna it's not gonna if it's a shit it's not a shit tune it won't lose money but um so I had these like um these tunes that I'd never actually listened to I had this album in its cellophane wrapper and I hadn't listened to it I couldn't remember when I bought it and I was like I'll just I'll just check YouTube for these tunes see if they're worth unwrapping or I'll keep them in it's cellophane yeah. wrapper and as soon as I heard the first tune I was like oh, how have I never listened to this <laughs> and then it turned out I had the other album as well so I bought both of this band's albums and never listened to either of them and then since I checked them I was I play them at every DJ set now and nice. um, when I played this the first time or well, one of the first times I played this was just at like a funk night <clears> in uh, Ernest there's a little bar in uh, like Boosburn and uh, the guy who runs that's like a break dancer and he was like where did you get this, man? This is um, like the classic break that all the breaks DJs are playing now, like for for the breakdance b-boy battles. And so, I was like, well, I just got it on the internet, and uh, I didn't I didn't think anything of it. But apparently, it's a it's a big tune in the breaker world, you know. But ah. a lot of people, like I say, he's a breakdancer. He didn't know who it was by. He just knew the tune. So I think like people, more people need to check this was band it, out. Was it the tune or the cut? No, it was the tune. It wasn't a break edit or right. anything. It was just the tune. All right. Cool. Um, I would call this guy like the Togolese James Brown. He's always going and shouting away like a James Brown and that. Yeah, I watched a video of him like while well, after you'd sent with the list, like a bit of research and that you know now what you're talking about. And uh, he's an eccentric guy. He's right. sort of like an African version of George Clinton. Yeah. Like he's yeah. got that. He's got that sort of. I'm a little bit crazy, but it's all right. You can trust me, yeah. vibe. Well, what's cool is he's he's comes from a community where the like voodoo is like so the band's called vadu game it means voodoo game you know and so like voodoo's like a legit spiritual practice in togo and uh he was what he wanted to do was take the the chants and take the musical uh like theory from voodoo and turn it into like western music if you know what i mean so like a lot of like the scales that he uses are based in this voodoo music and like when they do the live shows they'll do like a 10 minute bit where they go all voodoo and that and like he, he wears a mad mask and it's all pure afro spiritual stuff like that and it's pretty cool like but uh, uh the reason i love them so much is like they're just funky as really good players and the production's just right it's not too new style but it's it's kind of like not too old and grainy it's just just right that everything sounds really crisp and it always yeah, goes clean. off on the dance floor you know yeah yeah it sounds clean I can imagine it does go down well. Um, well, as you said, the the well the, the English translation is voodoo game. But how would you pronounce that? 
Vado game? Vado. Vado. Vado? I sort of like that. Vado. It's got U's where I'm not used to them being. <laughs> Uh, uh, so I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I've never like heard it pronounced. I've just seen it. Been like, uh, you just read it Vado. and had to like yeah. read it for yourself. Guessing it's that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's like someone who's going to call Lair in the podcast. Bogdan Rudzinski. Uh, I never, uh, I never like heard his name said out loud. So it was always just my pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like when I heard his name actually read out by someone for the first time. I was like. Oh yeah, I've been calling him the wrong name yeah. for what years. You, what were you called him? <laughs> um, Bogdan Rogzinski. I just wasn't reading it properly, and I couldn't. I just couldn't get it right. As, Bogdan uh, Rogzinski. Rogzinski <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, but it was Bogdan Radzinski. Um I'm just gonna pull everything back together before we put the track. So that's about Voodoo, and you mentioned Papa Shango, who beat Tito Santana at WrestleMania '93. Who? <laughs> Yokozuna beat Bret Hart and then Hulk Hogan came out and beat it's that WrestleMania at ah, Caesars Palace where Hogan got Hogan beat Yokozuna in 22 seconds yeah oh, when really. um, when Bret the Hitman Hart had lost his belt because yeah. Mr. Fuji had threw stuff in the his face infamous salt in his eyes is it salt in his Classics. eyes there you go Dirty. hey it's funny what Dirty you remember what, that's 1993 1993 Caesars Palace yeah, there you go there you go. A little bit of wrestling background. We will eventually get there. We will do a wrestling podcast. Yeah, we'll, right? eventually yeah. we'll get there. We were promising um, Thumper that we'd get, yeah. we'd get Thumper on and, and do co- a wrestling and, podcast. And Cockfraggle. Yeah. Was it Cockfraggle? Fra- Fraggle Shock. Fraggle Shock. <laughs> That's his name. Fraggle Shock. Fraggle Shock, yeah, down in Fraggle Shock. Um, that name killed me when we were in Leeds. But yeah, we've been saying for ages we're going to get a wrestling podcast. Right? We, might, we might eventually. We might eventually. It just means it just means sitting down and doing more talking. Yeah. Even more talking about the wrestling. You, you don't see wrestlers on the rave, but they're taking off drugs. I don't know. Um, I'm no comment. I'm, I'm, not getting, <laughs> I'm not getting told off by the new Vince McMahon and, yeah. and, and all of his craziness. All I'm going to say is, is mercy the buzzard. That's it. It's fine. Um, so the tune you chose is called Pas Contente. Pas Content. Pas Content. There you Pas go. And all like the tunes French. in French. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It means so, I am not happy. I'm not content. Ah, I'm not happy. Well, um, juxtaposed to that, I'm dead happy to play the music. Yeah. So, for the shared discovery, this is... Uh, Vado Game with Pascontan. Let's go.
being played out on the podcast a bit of Tongan sort of French vibe funky world stuff I'm probably going um, full on Papa Shango every seat yeah <laughs> um, and you can find them they're all over YouTube uh, I had a look uh, the album that this is from was from 2016 um, and it was on Hot Casa Records not something I'm familiar with but you know it's nice to name drop something like that well how do you guess what what We've come to the part of the podcast where the Rajis ride mopeds around in biker. <laughs> surely that's all the time. <laughs> <laughs> We've come to the part of the podcast where I ask Mr. UEP to set the scene. Right, let's go back to the Cooperage then. Right. I, I, I need a bit prompting for this, but I'm well in it now. So picture this. A young Freddy. He's just come up with his first pingers of the evening. He's got the toilet. Have a little... Post ping as shit. You can hear chop chop shitting in his underpants <laughs> next door and shuffling down, shuffling in the toilet because they're probably fucking still there. Still there Big man. shout out chop chop still in your underpants <laughs> in the system. Just in the system. Remember showing people like months later, look at that fucking chop chop shit in your underpants. How the fuck they were still there? I fucking I'd never know. Like, but you come on. never put bleach in the toilet, fuck's sake. None the Cooperage. Ghosts keep them away. <laughs> <laughs> so you come you've had a shit you've just passed Chop wiping his arse with his pants <laughs> have to get a taxi home to get no more underpants because you couldn't go on commando ginger schools uh, you've made your way up the stairs coming through oh it's a fucking sea of humanity <laughs> I'm on and I've just <laughs> dropped the best tune you've ever heard in your life <laughs> Are you fucking hands in the air? Are you proper screw facing down? Well, this tune for me is a buff, uh, but I think um, I would probably say screw facing more than hands in the air. You're a screw face. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can sort of see that. Like, are you, you were a bit like that, Rez, when the, when the tune dropped that you were like, you were like, yeah. You were sort of like somewhere between the two, screw face, but with fingers. <laughs> like, sort of, it wasn't full armpits, it was yeah. like. Made way around, so like a screw face, but with a smile. If that makes any a sense. A polite screw face. Uh, we've had an emotional screw face. Now we've got a polite screw face, yep. Eddie. We're just collecting these different types of screw faces. Like, what sort of tune um, does that to you? What sort of tune puts you get your get your screw face on? 
Well, all sorts of tunes get me screwfaced on, to be fair. It's just got to have the right mix of whatever the things are that just get us there, do you know? So I know yeah. that's a bit of a cop-out answer. No. But this tune particularly uh, has both the hands in the air and the screw face for me. Right. Because it's, it's one of those, it's like a classic breakdown drop. Not like a big stand there for five minutes breakdown, like an eight bar breakdown like there should be, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh yes, this, hey, happy days. And then screw face. And then drops you, it back in. Go, yeah. yeah. So like, I would say that Bouncy Techno, as I always called it, is, is probably my favorite jam for being like in the rave. Yeah. Uh, it's not but, something I'd heard as much of as I'd like to, because by the time I'd started going raving, they were playing, you know, Makina and that kind of thing. And uh, everything had moved on from the 90s. But uh, I did get to hear this tune played about four times at the res two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was. So that for me was like it's a banger. happy days. Yeah, one of those ones that was dropped in every room at different points. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was like there was so many tunes like that that are just quintessential ones that were played in like. No, they're not. not like Die Witness. Mm -hmm. Any anything by Die Witness that night just fucking had me in my element. Nah, it was uh, it, it was quite a nostalgia fest, wasn't it? Aye, aye. Like for so I, I never went to a res, but just. Uh, I've, I've like been around all of you guys who told stories about the res uh, and getting to experience it was something special like it was really it was especially really good very special it was really good fun no I, I even enjoyed the bus journeys Aye. like they were just it was just good it was good rave crack I think I really needed it Addy uh -huh. like I was at a moment where I really needed a bit of rave what did you call this type of music before with, uh, with tartan techno tartan techno that's it there's even right. a tartan techno album what a cold tartan technique. I think there was a few of them actually. Yeah. Yeah. And you were saying it talks about the music that was coming out of Scotland at the time yeah, because there was other four, types of techno. Four beat bouncy. Yeah. But it's just down south like breaks, up north like four beats. Uh -huh. And we were in the middle of Newcastle. Yeah. But we're more. So no wonder we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> right, the scene's got too much going on. Scotland didn't understand um, breakbeats for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, there wasn't I mean, much drum and bass at res, was there? Well, like, so there was what, no, no, there was. There was my first res. There was there was a guy called KMC who was a Scottish uh, jungle DJ back in the day. Somebody else, but I think DJ Ten used to play a little bit, maybe, but I could be wrong on that. But definitely KMC. Uh -huh. right. But no, I love the sound of an, an amen, you know. That's always going to get us going. But four of the floor for me is, is, the, is the jam. Yeah. Like, that'll keep us rocking on the floor for longer, you know. <laughs> yeah, just to keep you going. Aye. Um, yeah. Sound. Um, and Tartan Techno, as far as I'm aware, because I bought a few, like, um, Evolution Records compilations back in the day, and I was looking at, like, all the... And they're all by different people, but actually they're all by Scott Brown. Most yeah. Pretty <laughs> much all of the tunes, it's just Scott Brown's back 90% of everything from Scotland. I'm I'm actually wrong with that fact, Gav. Oh yeah. Yes, a little bit wrong. There was a falling out between uh, Scott Brown and it's MCB from Ultimate Buzz, uh, right. but it wasn't because Scott Brown wrote the record. He did the, he did do that remix, and um, he didn't give him permission to use it as part of his live PA, and because that, that's pretty much the tune, and it uh -huh. eclipses the other remixes uh, and his original. Then he didn't obviously want to use his own, so he yeah. used to use that one, and that was where the Fallen Out came from. Ah, uh, right, okay. Scott Brown didn't let them use it in their life period. As a part of the that's life period. But they did anyways, and that's yeah. where the whole... Right. I think they probably still do now. Cheeky bastards. Cheeky, there's a few people you don't fuck with when it comes to that sort of mm. Scottish scene, and you'd probably say Scott Brown's one of the ones that don't, just don't, don't step on him. That's it. Who owns the biggest label and does ninety yeah. percent of all the music coming yeah. out of Scotland? <laughs> yeah. 
And that he just for some reason he went. He decided to go shit happy hardcore from I don't know ninety seven yeah. onwards. But then he started to do like the 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 sort of Dutch big room sound, which I I always like that sound, you know. Um, but I just really I don't know, when I was ninety four to ninety six. It's that window of like mm. bouncy techno. It's my jam. Love yeah. it. So which tunes that you've actually picked? We just said it was an ultimate buzz tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I always called it Rock That Body, Rock That Thing, um, but like, I have got it on vinyl, and then I was just like going to check and was like, oh no, it's actually a remix of Check the Bass. Uh, so it's, yeah, Check the Bass by Ulmer Buzz, the Scott Brown remix. Right, cool. Well, uh, let's play a little bit of Check the Bass. This is a Scott Brown remix. Let's go. Rock that body, rock that thing. Rock that body, rock that thing. Rock, rock that body, rock that thing. Rock that body, rock that thing. Rock, rock that body, rock that thing. Rock that body, rock that thing. Rock, rock that body, rock that
is the sound of 1994 encapsulated on a piece of wax and played with a little needle in a nightclub. Uh, that tune's absolutely banging. Um, uh, and it's not the sort of thing that I would normally listen to, but like, he's just got some sort of finessed Scott Brown. It's great tune. Great old tune. Yeah. yeah. Proper fucking banger. Let's draw straight on section seven of the podcast, which is when we talk about dedications. So as a DJ, you've probably been asked to play all sorts of tunes for all sorts of reasons for all sorts of people. But we are turning that on its head and we're asking whether or not you'd like to play a tune for someone. So is there anyone out there that you would like to play a tune for? And do you want to tell a little story about it? Aye, I didn't give it enough thought, but uh, I definitely knew I was going to dedicate the track to uh, anyone who entered the Cooper Ridge, basically. Oh, that's lovely. Because it, it was like the seminal venue for me coming up sort of thing. Obviously, did the sort of the Sunderland thing when I was probably 13, 14, 15. And then by the time I was actually getting old enough to go to proper raves, it was like the Cooperage and that. Yeah. And we were like, there was loads of different nights on there, you know, um, shouts to like Backlash, White Elephant, um, Rory's for Mice, amongst many others. Uh, I'm not uh, sorry if I've <laughs> left anyone There's out. There's so many nights there that happened there. There's no surprise that there. Yeah, things are because um, there was a, like, the little cause and effect nights that went in. But right. I, I love those White Elephant nights. Oh, there was oh. some fucking crowd. And that sound system they used to load mm. in as well, mm. like just some really good times. And obviously, I was associated with Rollies. It was like the resident MC for years, and I absolutely loved me Rollies for my time. I've still got the tune top on the wall, oh, yeah. the famous tune top that I'd wear every fucking time. Always forget to wash it, and fucking Come five minutes, stinking. five minutes before you know you're going out to turf, you know you're going out to go to Rollies. You're like, ah, oh, shite! Spray a whole can of Links Africa on it and just hope for the best. But yeah, like the the Cooperage family, as I always refer yeah. to it, like great we times, some, we had some absolutely, absolutely fantastic time. smashing times there. Like. Mm. And like I think the Cooperage was a venue that was cool from way way back. I mean, I remember oh, no. dad saying yeah. they they he some of the first gigs he ever did in the tomb were were at the Cooperage. It was a loud music venue from from early doors. It's one of the earliest what, ones. Someone came to one of the like white elephants or whatever, and it was like a, an old bloke, right? <clears throat> but he had a he had this card. That was like um, a Cooperage Dance Club members card from from the eighties or something, and the I can't remember his name. Who was the manager? Was like right, free drinks all night. You know, it's not gonna, it doesn't doesn't work anymore. But you can have free drinks all oh, night. Neil. Yeah. yeah, Neil, 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 Neil Durkin. Mm. Good guy. Um, so yeah, that 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 was a nice thought that like people have been driving in there, and obviously it's the most haunted building in there. Uh, in the town as well, and I'd like to think some of the rave spirits are, are up in there, you know. Definitely. Gonna... It's oh, such a shame yeah. what's happening to it mm -hmm. now is it decays and falls in the falls yeah. a bit. There's just the so Thanks developers, you bunch yeah. of cunts. It's, you'd have to put so much money into making sure that place didn't fall down. I don't even know if you could legally actually do enough work to it with it being a listed yeah. building. Well, that well that's, that's the thing, that they've left it to, they've left it to rot. Uh -huh. So when it does fall down, well it wasn't our fault. Let's Put up nice flats. Aye, aye. That, that that was part of what killed it in the end, yeah. wasn't it? Those well, that was what flats. killed it. They built the the boundaries behind it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was it. Like, don't move into a party area if you're gonna ring the noise, please. You know, but yeah, that was that really? But Sad I chose times, this but... tune because uh, for me, this was like, um, like, well, obviously, a big part of the Cooperage was was dubstep for me and like the big sound system and all that. And then this tune in particular was like from the first tune that was like oh wow oh this is something kind of new do you know what i mean um it was before it all became like 
stuff you listen to on your mobile phone with like chainsaws or whatever. But, um, <laughs> it it was it was kind of like I remember when I couldn't discern what what was dubstep, what was grime. But this tune was a sort of like, oh, right, okay, I see how this is different and it's going on a different journey. And I, it was just a classic tune, and I think everyone's probably heard this tune get dropped. Yeah, I, I was saying to Addy beforehand when we were looking at the list that this song to me is just 2006 in the Cooperage. Mm -hmm. Normally, one of the warm up sets, probably mm -hmm. someone like Jody or Alec um, uh, playing something like this. And it just, mm -hmm. I think, did, did Scream not actually come and play? When did Scream come and play in town? But he didn't play there, did he? Didn't he play at that funny bar that's on the corner next to the courts? Oh, <laughs> Stereo. Stereo, that's it what it was called. Down, isn't, it? Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that not where Scream played? He, I think he, I think he Good, did, you know. Very yeah, possibly. Done, yeah. Very yeah. possibly. That was a well-interesting uh -huh. venue because that's where they had Skepta on as well. Yeah, that's um, right. Oh, that was a ter That was like, it was kind of the first time that the, like um, our sort of grime scene met the... Newcastle College sort of grime scene and it didn't really end well. <laughs> no. I remember it just ended with loads of glass on the floor and a massive brawl and Skepta sort of looking like a scared puppy in the corner. Yeah. Um, not being a hardcore grime. But JME, his brother, played at the Cooperage though. I remember that night. Um, and I also thought I might as well dedicate it to all of the different people who think they're the first dubstep night in Newcastle because I know at least three or four different like uh, lads who reckon they brought dubstep to the tune <laughs> everyone knows it was backlash yeah. <laughs> it was Don wasn't it I blame Don for all of it for all of it cool well um, you've picked Scream and you've probably picked like one of one of his like biggest early tunes isn't it yeah it is definitely I think it's the biggest tune he ever did right yeah um, so as a dedication to all of those people who put on raves or enjoyed raves mm -hmm. or just the extended Cooperage yeah. family. The from read that, clips of the neat. The read clips of the neat. The ones Shout that out, like, the sketchy may, runners. Or may not have got sectioned afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> For the people who spend more time on the stairs, up the side, talking shit and sneaking mm -hmm. out shan bottles of booze. Uh, yeah. Um, bottles of Bucky in the corner. There, oh, yeah, just, there was more shenanigans. You know, the, apparently that staircase is where the long, the furthest back recorded murder in Newcastle occurred. Oh, we still got to check that out, hasn't it? There's a plaque. There's a plaque about it. There's a plaque about it. I'll go and I'll take a picture and put one it on day, one, one day. day. One day I'll do one of these things. I say I'm going to do. Murderation on the dance floor. Yeah, but this is Midnight Request Line by Scream, and this is the dedication played out. Mr. Drop Dead Fred. Let's get into it.
sound of the Cooperage from 2005 and 2006. All of those early warm-up sets that were played out in there for all the guys who well, just had a buzz time. At all the, the headline set of the dub set night as well. That's right, yeah, oh, yeah. all the headline set, <laughs> exactly. All the closer, you yeah. never know, you never know, music and that. Um, but and I, I did actually play me screw face tune at the Cooperage as well. Ah, there you go. It's just one of those venues where everyone played a bit of everything. Speaking about a bit of anything, Addy, guess what? It's only a two and a one Dedication section where Freddy's chose to play his... Double dedications. Double dedications. Two and a one And you've picked someone who I actually love. I love this bloke. Not the person he's getting dedicated to. I love the tune. I love the guy who you're doing. So do you want to talk through your second dedication of the night? I wanted to dedicate this to like me hip hop crew, so it's like it's the boys from Leeds who got me into hip hop, and also a pal of mine who we got into hip hop together really and started rapping together, who is no longer with us, which is Lee Halpin, rest his soul, uh, but also the Leeds lads there now operating under the name Di uh, Defenders of Style, and if you don't know them, check them out because it's proper lethal UK hip hop. Um, but yeah, that's how I started rapping was meeting up with these with these kids from Leeds down in Cornwall actually because randomly we would both go there for, for holidays and that and then it got to the point after a few years we'd be like right we're taking a few ounces down and we're just yeah all the things and that and um just ciphering like freestyling and that and like I understood hip-hop because I didn't I grew up like I liked rave and hip-hop for me was like you can't dance to it what's the point in that but then mm. when I first heard like English people rapping about getting their bus fare and like all just stuff I could relate to. Yeah. And it sounded sick, and I was like, right, yeah, this is my jam. I like this, and I, I've since done fair bits of rap in me time. But this particular artist um, was like the start of my journey, and uh, just the the sound. Like, there's technically probably way better rappers if you're like gonna judge your rappers on whatever, like like the way that they put the rhymes together. But there's something about Kalashnikov that's like just seminal for that era it's sort of 2004 when i probably got into hip-hop this was the sound and um he's got like what i like in a rapper is they've got their kind of own little code so they've got all their words that aren't words that people say in banter it's just like oh you know that because they say it enough that you kind of get what it means yeah do you know what i mean like it's rappers who talk in their own code like it's mint and he's one of them and like people have said oh he's a rip-off of wu-tang or whatever but if you listen he's it's influenced by Wu-Tang but it's also massively influenced by Jamaican reggae and and it is it's its own sound and it's class sound and no one's really ever done that sound again uh, obviously the beats were mint as well that he used like I can't remember who made I think it's it probably says in the track who made this beat it's either Joe Buddha or Harry Love or one of them yeah but uh, it's a really class tune I've got big love for Kalashnikov he was one of the ones who I also stumbled across early when I was looking at UK hip hop I always never minded the stuff that come out of America but I just as you said I had a bit more connection with the stuff that was that was British and mm. um, there was people like Skinny Man and there was people like Roots Maneuver mm. who I played out uh, for my track because I just like that was the sort of sound but Kalashnikov was another one of those like he's got a really individual voice and a really individual style mm -hmm. so when people say he's a rip off of something it just it doesn't make sense to me yeah, because he sounds so Kalashnikov. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's it, it's him. It's his style and it's his little the way he rasses words together yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. It's mint. Um, uh, murder, 
when Mantis Terra Firma fucking yeah. what a, what a tune that that just that album mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. quintessential UK hip hop. Oh, yeah, Good starting point for all of that. Um, and I think the tune you picked is Zero. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is another one of those super early ones as well. Nah, it's off that, the Sagas of Kalashnikov album, which actually I think he released all the singles first and then they put it together as an album because he got big doing doing singles. Back in the day when you could sort of get big having dub plates out, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then they just put it all together with a couple of skits and made the, the Sagas of, which every track on it is just classic for me. Yeah, it's fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fire. Cool. Um, well, for the second dedication track, let's play a little bit of Kalashnikov. Um... This is from his seminal album, The Sagas of Kalashnikov, and the track's name... Zero. Life is one big road with a lot of signs. Signs, 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 signs. You have to make up your mind to face reality all the time. Zero. Zero. Should I see me in a Colorado? When me buck out the Yukon for 
nice big fat serving of UK hip hop uh, with a bit of the quintessential guy for me, one of the lot um, that really got me turned and obviously did you proud oh, as yeah. well. That's Kalashnikov with track zero, 2004. Um, it's time of the podcasts where we delve into the bag of contention that is guilty pleasures. So, have you got any guilty pleasures in the world of music? Oh, I've got loads and loads and loads. This was another one that was tough for me. I think, but I think, um, I mean, there's with every of your guilty pleasures, you're going to share it with enough people who don't look at you funny for it. So I was going to choose Venga Boys, and then I thought, actually, almost everyone from my generation is a, that's a guilty pleasure. So yeah, no one's going to look at me funny for playing like the Venga Bus or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and like probably anyone who liked the venue tapes and all that would like this tune you know i know it is a big tune in that sort of world of um uh i'm gonna say like java djs um i mean i actually sold this record for quite a lot of money as far yeah, as my you record saying earlier, you, bought, you bought it in for not too much and sold yeah. it for quite a whack more yeah i mean i bought i was probably paid over 20 quid for it you know i bought it off a kid but i sold it for 60 quid so on discogs you know so the, it, it the, the it's an italian tune from like the early 90s and they are in that little world i guess they're didn't get pressed that much they didn't make particularly big commercial thing but they're, they're kind of commercial pop sounding tunes you know but uh but yeah they they still go for money on discogs and that so there is a definitely a core of people who wouldn't look at us funny for listening to it but most of my mates on the rave do because it's cheesy as you like you know proper proper cheesy music yeah a bit of cheesy uh, Eurodance can sometimes... It is very always, much Eurodance. But it, 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 it is what I would call cheesy Eurodance. That's cheesy Eurodance. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, definitely, it's definitely one of those cheddar brands of music uh-huh. for me. Like, uh-huh. um, what is it about that <laughs> What is it about that, 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 that just gets you? Well, I, um, I guess when I was like into like rave tapes, I was one of them people who like wanted to find the older stuff and the older stuff, you know. Um, I always liked to hear what, what came before which is why I got so into Bouncy Techno, because they never yeah. played it when I was at the rave, but I loved those old tapes. Looking and back and looking smiling back, rather than yeah. looking forward and trying mm. to work out what's mm. next. And the other tape, the other old tapes you would get would be the venue tapes in Spennymoor, and that was where they kind of played like Euro dance, you know, Italian tunes. And um, I, there's loads of them that I really love, and they're dead cheesy and that. And um, I went through a period of, of buying them and that and wanting to, want to play it but obviously no one's going to give you a kick playing it you know what i mean um so i've eventually sort of this one i was like oh i'll just sell it and you know i can listen to it on youtube if i ever want a little nostalgia gush um but yeah it's like the vocal everything about it's just like gets us in that place for me me um dancing in your underwear or something little headphone (laughs) moment to yourself on the bus or something like that Cool. Well, the track you've picked is by uh, Black House. Mm-hmm. Which, again, it's another one of them. Like, uh, they probably aren't an act that have <coughs> loads of names. It's just like with Scott Brown and the Bouncy Techno, loads of them. Um, you'd get the same producer make loads of different, and they just use different aliases. So, different so this is Maurizio Bracagni made this tune. And he also made, if you know, like, Northeast Rave, he made, like, um, Mulhouse Rave in the Jungle, which is, like, a classic, gritty, bouncy sort of, hard tune that was in the kind of vein of Makina that came a bit before it and that right. and he's made like loads of hard stuff from early doors but he also made loads of cheese like this yeah. and like he still plays he'll come up and play monitor every now and then so he's still doing the thing um but yeah black house either what or that is really mine i can never remember what the name of it actually is <laughs> uh well when i went on google it was that is really mine, that like, is really so, mine. um that's one we picked out well um let's see how this rates on the level of all of the uh, guilty pleasure tracks that we've had um, this is 
a little bit of Black House, and the tune's name is this or that is really mine.
Well, there you have it. That's the guilty pleasure track played out. That is a bit of Eurodance. What do you think, Addy? Aye. Aye. Doesn't, doesn't want to be Javon, mate. Doesn't want to be Javon. It's not my favourite. It's not the worst, though. It's definitely not the worst we've had played like so far. Um, that is the sound in 1994 on that Italian-style label. Um, you just said the guy who makes this makes stuff under, under loads of different sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He just, he's um, one of them. One of them. Mm-hmm. So many different names and all that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, let's draw into section nine. Uh, we're blamming through these again today. Yep. Um, this is the section where we'll talk about your goat. Um, so with you having like a mixed influence, I, I imagine there was probably a few different contenders. Mm. Oh, there's Do you want to talk about a few of them before you reveal the, the big man who's won? I mean, obviously Bob. Bob Marley was obviously gonna, is a massive goat of mine, you know what I mean? I love that sound. Um, other other goats, I don't know, for, as far as rave goats, yeah, I, 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 in terms of that kind of sound, that the Maurizio Bacagni, who's made so many different things, like he was a goat of the like that sort of sound. Uh, I pumping his fist. I'm pumping my fist. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not even can see that. Bottom like, <laughs> like, char- I'm just gonna call it Charva Reef because it's the easiest way for us to describe it. Like, it's, one of, it's one of these. Yeah. It is one of these. It's, yeah. it's definitely yeah. Charva Reef. I'd yeah. always refer to it as like South Townside Reef. Right. Like that's, that's like yeah. Marbra, Maurizio is the goat for that, and then like as far as tartan techno goes, you know Scott Brown is the goat for that. I know it's like probably not the most um, popular. But it is true. If you like that sound, you can't you can't knock it. Um, and then you know, there's just I, there's there's lots of the, the names escape us now. Loads from the name. Like, like James the world, Brown is a, a the world of hip hop as well. Because you yeah. were talking about was it Immortal Technique. Immortal Technique, obviously, is I uh, I was I originally had put him on the list, but then I didn't put him on the list in the end because uh, Kalashnikov means more to me personally. Yeah. But 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 yeah, for sure, Immortal Technique. As far as like being kind of gangster and political because I like me conscious political hip hop but a lot of it can be a little bit sort of backpacky and um, not have the gritty reality and Mortal Technique is clearly someone who's like lived that life and uh, sounds raw as fuck but but has a good analysis of you know the world and how you might make it better or which heads you need to chop off kind of thing yeah which way which way which way he thinks you should lean aye aye Cool, well, overall you've gone for someone who probably is a seminal legend. What is it about this person that uh, makes you want to declare him as the greatest of all time? I, I mean, it'll be because I heard a lot of it as a kid as well. You know, it was one of them coming up and nearly had him as my first choice, you know. Um, but if you just look at he, he, his catalogue, there's, there's, there's mint tunes on every album. Um, and and if you look at him in in this in the world of like funk and soul and and pop and that you ask loads and loads of people who are class who their influences are and he crops up a lot you know yeah and he play he can play every instrument yeah you know like um and on a lot of tracks he does play almost every instrument I know like uh, Nate Watts is his bass player he's always used forever but like he's lethal on the drums he's one of the best harmonica players in the world and he's yeah. also lethal on loads of other instruments as well. Plus, he can't even see what he's doing. So that you know. it's the little bit that blows my mind sometimes when you see the way that he can rattle across the keys on a piano, mm-hmm. and dude can't see. Mm-hmm. He just feels the music, and mm-hmm. it, like you can, you can, you can hear it seeping out. He was one of those ones that was an early influence for me because it was always played. Uh, again, I'm sure there was a tape that we listened to in the car when we did just like journeys right across to the bottom of the UK. Uh, I go to Great Yarmouth to go and. Spend time down there. And there was mm. a few tapes on me, right. and I'm sure this guy's tape was one of the ones yeah. that was on. And he's just got 
big tunes across a wide period of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like late fifties, he was releasing stuff, and yeah, yeah. Um, like, well, I think maybe it was, maybe, was it maybe it was early sixties? But yeah, he was twelve when he released his first track. Yeah, you know, it's just crazy, man. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. young and crazy, crazy, crazy talented. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, as a musician, like I kind of a lot of people I know who that you get this divide of players who you know people who are classically trained who can't actually play without music in front of them uh, and like then there's that comes with a whole sort of attitude towards people who can't read music and like well you're not a proper musician you can't read music but I'm like well I always say well Stevie Wonder can't read music do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and he's the best flipper musician out there in my book you know um, and if you can't play without music in front of you you're not a musician that's what I say because that's it's who can who can't talk without reading in front of them? Do you know what I mean? Well, that's it. It's there's something about feeling the music that is a little bit more enriching than being able to read the music when it's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some of the best jams you have are ones that aren't written down, man. Oh, They're totally. ones that just come to you. Well, yeah. So, I think Stevie Wonder is just one of those seminal names in the in the world of entertainment. Now he's one of the ones that got away. I like decided I wasn't going to a Glastonbury. Um, didn't try and get tickets and mm. then they announced the headliners mm. and it was Stevie Wonder oh. and I was just I was a bit butthurt mm-hmm. if I'm honest and I remember sitting in my flat in Fenham and watching the live recording of it and being like oh, oh. this is mint but I really wish I was in that field at fucking Pilton watching this um, just because he's he's just one of those he's, he's, he's just an amazing guy um, I went to see him at um, the O2 what used to be the uh, Millennium Dome like the O2 in London right. for like a birthday once that was pretty lethal, though. Yeah, how was he live? Good, good. I mean, it's one of them. We were miles, miles back. It's like everyone's dancing still, but it, it, it you know, the bigger a gig, yeah, the yeah, less yeah. the the atmospheres, the less personal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was it. You could see him on the screen more than you could see him there. But like, uh, I it was really, really amazing. I mean, like, there isn't a song by him that I don't know and have a connection mm. to. So like, every tune was like, oh, this one. Like, yeah. Loads of songs he didn't play and all that, but. It you've is, got a back catalogue as big as his you're mm. never going to see the whole fucking mm. off, the whole entourage when you go and see him for a gig like there's only so many you can squeeze into a two hour set yeah so um, cool well the, the tune you've picked is probably like one of his seminal ones from uh, from that amazing art well it's from Talking Book yeah um, which is the one that came before uh, Songs in the Key Life yeah right um, yeah. I mean I, th- everyone knows this is his biggest tune it's not my favourite tune actually I would have probably chosen something off Songs in the Key of Life like Sir Duke or I Wish but I, but this tune is the tune that put him on the map as many people's goat so I thought I'll just play this because everyone knows it and it is it's the one you hear out most yeah. in fact you probably hear it at every wedding you've ever been to and yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff Still of the way that the song builds up and builds up and builds up and, and builds he up played the, the drums on it that he classic played. intro little fill that's him yeah mm. it's, just, it's another another way to marvel at the guy who mm. who can't see but can play all of those instruments and bang out what is an, a quintessential wedding tune, as mm-hmm. you've said? Mm-hmm. One of those tunes that the whole family will get down to. Right, you know, it's a bit, it's it's a bit timeless, isn't it? It is. It's a bit timeless. Cool. Well, um, I'm happy to play a bit of Stevie Wonder. I don't think we'll play Stevie Wonder on the podcast. I don't yet. think so, but no, that's good. Yeah, sweet. Let's uh, play a little bit of Superstition.
There you have it. There's a bit of Stevie Wonder. Lovely. Um, lovely. Perfect for the summer's day. Like the it is, day. yeah. The sun just started belting down into the room there. So it's as if Stevie was 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 just ready to supply her with a little bit of warmth on an already warm and sticky day in Baker. Um, well, we've managed to worm our way over through another podcast, Freddie. It's been min- uh, sitting down and having a bit of crack with you, talking about the music that you sort of grew up with. Um, I suppose we'll end the way we always end, which is uh, with your personal anthem. Now, I know you had like loads of different things you wanted to pick for this, because you had yeah. loads of different things you wanted to represent. Um, why, yeah. do you, why, why, was, why was it so difficult to pick one song to be your personal anthem? Um, well, I was also it was partly like looking through what what styles of music I'd represented in my thing and thinking, oh, what other styles haven't I put in there? So like, there's no bass line in there, there's no garage in there, there's no like ska in there, you know, there's no like reggae in there. So there's like all these styles of music which are really close to me heart, which I wanted to represent but didn't. But uh, but UK funky, I call it U. Well, people call it UK funky. It's kind of like it's sort of a style of house music, but it, you can hear that it's kind of come from grime yeah um the story goes that like grime djs were just sick of mcs and that and so wanted to have a style of music they could play that wasn't all about the mcs and so it's all a bit slower it's for other floor it's dance music it's music to get the lasses going um but <laughs> what i really like about it is the fact that like the snares are usually like they're not just on the two and the four like yeah. house music they're always like um like like what your club is so like um Afri- African or, or Latin rhythms on the snares, which give it that like, but, but, like but. yeah, winding sort of yeah. groove to it, carnival style music. And then it's always got the four of the floor, which I love. And then it's got heavy bass lines as well, you know. Um, so like I say, it's kind of coming from grime, but but being dance floor, because grime's not actually that good to dance to, you know what I mean? It's kind of interesting music, it's fun to rap to, but actually for me, it's not that good on the dance floor. Whereas this is like good on the dance floor. And it's fun to MC too. It's a lot slower, but like it's it's fun to MC too. Uh, yeah, the song I chose. I mean, there's millions of different ones. I think this one's just quite like uh, original sounding. You know, it doesn't sound like a lot of the other funky. Uh, it's got that carnival vibe to it, so it's it's kind of got like not. It's got samples of live instruments in it, so it's, it's it's representing that style of what I like as well, which is live music and brass and all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's hard to find apparently the uh, the, the the one I want to choose because the, the the instrumental was big. It got played at the rave. It was a big tune for years before they actually released it, and they released it with a vocal and that. And on the vinyl, you've got the flip side with the instrumental, but it's hard to find that. Yeah. Just the instrumental online, you know. That's cool. I mean, Freddie's going to get the instrumental version for us, so we will actually play that one out for you. Mm-hmm. When I was looking for it, I could only I could only find the version uh, with the sort of the female vocal line going on. Yeah. Um, and it's a butt shaker. It really is a butt shaker. You can I can see what you mean when you say that it's music to get lasses to dance to. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a re- that's a really interesting way of describing it because I can't imagine more lasses being into it than blokes. Um, but I can imagine the blokes being really into the lasses dancing to it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, as a as a CD bloke myself, I, I I sort of get that vibe. Um, there was lots of that UK funky around, sort of like two thousand and six and onwards, really. Yeah, I. Yeah, it was yeah, it's probably about two yeah, two thousand six, eight, maybe two thousand eight or something. It was kind of big. I mean, what was the the big tune that put it on the map? Ironically, was a tune with MCs and that, and that was sort of almost spelled the end of it for like as an underground DJ music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's that head, shoulders, knees, and toes tune that came out. Um, I don't know if you all know it, but it was nope. yeah, it was like bubbling, <laughs> bubbling, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Uh, yeah, it's it kind of 
it sounds like it is it's lodgeful you know but, uh, <laughs> it very much sounds like a guilty pleasure lodgeful uh, is, is one of those it. amazing Geordie words that I haven't heard forever and I'm totally going to use that in the next few days no, get in no it is it's a, it, that was a lodgeful tune but the this the instrumental of this is fun for me you know it's not the hardest bass line out but it's just a good summer tune you know yeah sweet well seeing as it's summer and we're putting tunes on let's put this summer tune on um, so this is by the artist Sticky, Sticky. and the tune is called? Drew Mayer Rhythm. So just a shout to Sticky, he actually made some of the best garage as well, you know? So it's like, you can see where the progression from garagey grime to dubs, uh, to this music is. Um, yeah, Sticky, Drew Mayer Rhythm. That's how I would pronounce it. Mint, well, it's been sound getting down and speaking yes. to you. Thanks very much, Freddie. It's been Thank lovely you. for having you on, Mr. Drop Dead Fred. And this is Sticky.
that was a very lovely conversation. It was. Freddy, wasn't he? Lovely, lovely lad. Very knowledgeable. He is very knowledgeable. Full of good tunes as well. Yeah. Full of absolute bangers there. Yeah, some really good stories. A good five minutes talk about shitting. So. All like a good shit talk. Yeah, well that's it. Like you've, you've got to you've got to have a bit of shit crack ready and prepared, don't you? We'll take this moment again to remind everyone that you can catch us on Facebook at On The Rave. You can catch Rave. us on Twitter at On The Rave. You can catch us on Instagram. That is Addy's favourite. It's my favourite. On The Rave with Addy and Gav. If you're feeling frugal and you want to send a few pennies to get what going, you can also donate on Patreon. We are still powered by Podbean. And fueled by basement snacks. And as we've said so many times, although not many people have actually taken just the one, just the one, but still, but still, but it's still, one better than none. Exactly. Go into basement snacks on Ridley really Place, Place and see Don's, and if you shout at her on the, the rave, you get ten percent off your snacks and coffee. Yeah. And as we, as we keep saying, it's not it's 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 not like we're pushed to say this. You know, she's never give her a bit of paper to say, lads, tell them the coffee's good. Because the coffee is it's genuinely good. It's good. It's delicious. <laughs> everything there's, I haven't had a bad anything from there. Yeah, that's it. And Dodds is lush. Yeah, she is, and she's dead sound, and she'll look after you. She's like Mama Rave. It's good crack. It is. Um, uh, I suppose, seeing as we've got to the end of yet another podcast, it's uh, time you opened up your scientific bag, but we've got something a bit different for them this time. I think we should we? open up my double science bag. Double science bag. Well, I myself is going to play an original... Raj Caution Nanigan Science track, and I believe you're going to play a remix of the Raj Caution Science track that I'm going to play first. Yeah, so when you played the track out, I was I was aware that there was a remix out there um, uh, that, I, that I kind of prepared, so um, we thought we'd make a little bit of a competition out of it. So, so it's, a, it's a quick two and a one Yeah, so we're going to play the original track, which is only two minutes, that, uh, that Addy selected, and then we're going to put the remix on. And uh, let we all know in the comments who's right. See which right. one you like. Yeah, whether you prefer the, the glitchy remix that sounds like something that came out of a Game Boy or whether you prefer the absolutely mad... Rajcore. Rajcore that Addy's going to put on. So here we are. This is, um, first of all, what I'm going to be playing is DJ Scud, Kill or Be Killed. And I'm going to be playing the Bogdan Radzinski remix of Kill or Be Killed, um, which uh, goes under the name Blood Cat Against uh, Youth. Blood clock, blood clock, gangster youth. There we go. Um, uh, we have been the On The Rave podcast. It is a delight to say that I have been Gav. Alrighty. And uh, it's now officially time to declare that we are... Off The Rave.